Good day, I'm Anne Dolinchek and welcome to Season 2 of Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. Our first episode delves deeper into the wonderful world of TikTok with my two guests, Greg Bailey, who heads up the TikTok Brand Partnership Division at Workfluential South Africa, and Mike Sharman, founder of Retroviral and a host of other companies. Together we discuss the merits of including TikTok in influencer campaigns and how and why it can be usually successful. Good morning, Greg and Mike. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. For our listeners who don't know who you are, can you um, please maybe starting with Mike, just tell us a bit more about yourself, your background and and who you are essentially. Hi, Anne. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so stoked to be on the podcast with Greg. My name is Mike Sharman. I am a co-founder of Retroviral, a creative digital agency that's made more brands go viral globally than any other agency in Africa. I'm also a co-founder of Webfluential and a couple other businesses. And I'm excited to talk to Greg today because we've got an incredible case study around the power of TikTok creators on the African continent and South Africa in particular. So looking forward to it. Thank you. Amazing. And Greg, Brilliant. tell us a bit more about yourself. Cool. Yeah. So uh, Greg Bailey, obviously uh, about 15 years in the, the, the marketing and advertising kind of industry. Uh, spent about seven years uh, working very closely with Facebook and Instagram as part of South Africa's kind of first marketing or Facebook marketing partner. Since then, moved over to Webfluential, been there for just over a year and been working actively with, with TikTok to the point that we've obviously got our, our partnership app being the first official kind of brand ex-partner in, in Africa um, and heading that up. So yeah, excited to be speaking to you today. Wonderful. Thank you, gentlemen. So Mike, for those who don't really understand who Webfluential is or what it does, can you maybe just give us a brief overview before we deep dive into this conversation? Yeah, I mean, Webfluential is, is really a tech platform that enables conversations between brands and creators, brands and influencers. And uh, it's been around since 2013. And effectively, you can book, search, find, a creator across any kind of platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now recently, TikTok has also come into play. So you can go and find a TikTok creator that you'd like to partner with. And uh, basically as a soft, uh, a self-serve model, you really can purchase a creator's resourcing and time with your credit card. So it's, it's as simple as that, really. Greg, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, I think, um... I mean, what we like to say is we do high-performance storytelling. So essentially, it's just connecting brands with influencers to drive out real performance through, through obviously, influencer marketing. I think from a, a South African context, obviously, we form part of the, the Infinity Group of companies. And we position ourselves really as the leading influencer marketing agency within the country. Just to give you guys some context and, and kind of looking at, at 2020 and what we managed to deliver in itself. Collectively, we, we had about 3,800 influencer collaborations and managed to generate over just uh, about 8,500 pieces of content. So um, if you can consider that, it's content being generated at absolute scale for obviously some of the top brands within, within the South African market. That's absolutely insane. And I suppose with a big move online last year, it really also kind of that boom just kind of exploded that we've been seeing in influencer marketing over the last couple of years. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot more brands moving towards influencer marketing. I think for the first time as well, we've been very successful in actually tying influencer marketing to brand performance. And we're actually seeing the results and the kind of the return on investment, the return on on kind of uh, investment or ad spend per se. So 
Definitely. And I think uh, the trend will continue into 2021, definitely without a doubt. No, absolutely. Both of you have now spoken about Webfluential and TikTok kind of having a partnership since the end of last year. But let's start at the beginning. If people don't really know TikTok or they've only heard of it and they don't really know exactly what it is, can you guys just maybe give us a summary of what TikTok is? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in there. Um, I think I think I'll be surprised who doesn't know TikTok at this stage. But I mean, essentially, it's a short form video sharing app that allows users to create and share 15 second videos on any topic. Um, I actually shared a post last night and I was just looking back at, at, at the, the amount of influence it had on society in, in 2020. And it kind of touched on every part from from kind of popularizing pancake cereal and whipped coffee to to thrusting songs like Fleetwood Mac's dreams back into the charts. So really, it's an exciting place and it's a place where trends are, are kind of started. So yeah, Mark, anything to add there? Your take yeah. on TikTok? I think the best thing that could have happened to TikTok was actually uh, lockdown because I think that yeah. TikTok has been built for actual virality. Like if you think about some of those most viral memes or moments that we were exposed to last year uh, and even now into 2021, it's like you've got the little TikTok watermark of people's content. And then that is obviously proliferating into WhatsApp, into uh, your Insta stories into your reels. So you're seeing a lot more of TikTok content basically move into and, and have cross-pollination into other into other social media. And I think that's where, that's where its popularity has really exploded. It's the ease of sharing. Like so many of the other networks were consumed about growing themselves in in within themselves. And and with TikTok, it's been like here's content that you can add music to. They did the first deals with, you know, certain rights holders and music owners. So you could, you know, do a little a little song uh, as if you were Beyonce herself, you know. There was almost all these beautiful collaborations with various artists where you got to use these clips. And I think that's what um, enabled people who were bored at home to become um, couch rock stars, if you will. Completely. If you, if you actually look back at it for 2020, and I think most people listening would obviously understand, but it, it trended as the number one most downloaded app of 2020, obviously. And, and forecasts kind of suggest that it will continue into 2021 and kind of uh, finish off at about 1.2 billion global users. So a lot of the success, exactly like you said, has been people are looking for a welcome form of entertainment during lockdown. And I think it really lives out to its mission statement, being uh, looking to kind of inspire creativity and bring joy. No, absolutely. I think I also wasn't on TikTok before last year. And then all of a sudden I was on TikTok. Look, I don't create content. I am not cool enough for that. But I definitely like stalk everyone. And there's the most amazing entertaining things on there. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and very diverse. So, so something for everyone, ultimately. Absolutely. Can I tell you, I tell you so, what my 2020 moment of of TikTok was, was the blinding yeah. lights dance challenge. Everything from 80 year old people to my kids wanting to do the blinding lights challenge. And I've yeah. just got, I've got the weekend burnt in my brain for the last year. And I honestly, I'm, I'm standing up for the weekend. You got snubbed by the Grammys. It's absolute BS and absolute BS. I agree. I'm a huge fan of the weekend and him to be snubbed, I think for Bieber, can we just have a whole different conversation about that? <laughs> I think we're getting a little bit lost here. Let's bring it back. <laughs> that, that's another podcast for another day. Exactly. So what does this partnership between Webfluential and TikTok mean? And why was that such a huge move for Webfluential South Africa? 
So I think, um, yeah, a few things. So, so first and foremost, naturally, I mean, there's, there's a massive growth and naturally we're seeing brands gravitate towards the platform or show some sort of interest, I suppose. Uh, and obviously having this TikTok partnership now allows for us to enable local brands to utilize the channel for branding purposes. From a brand's point of view and obviously uh, looking at Webfluential, we obviously work hand in hand with uh, TikTok themselves and more so alongside the local TikTok creator manager team. So each and every time we work with a brand, we ensure that we're actually putting forward the right creators for that specific brand or brand uh, or campaign objective, should I say. So having the right creators in, in, in on the campaign while applying TikTok best practices is obviously critical to the, the success. So obviously working through Webfluential and the TikTok creator managers, that's what we ensure. So what does it mean for TikTok creators in Africa? Um, now we know brands have got access to all these amazing resources. They've got kind of expertise leading them and helping them with a great campaign. But then how does the TikTok creators get involved with this on the platform? So I think, I th I think the real value for the creators is now uh, we are essentially the glue that connects creators to, to brands. And through that, they're obviously being remunerated accordingly. I think that's critical to them. Yeah, I think it's important because, you know, the thing that we generally find, and this is a gross generalization, but generally people who are creative and great at content creation, they aren't necessarily given the best guidance from like a business savvy perspective. Correct. So many creators, so many South Africans and other members of different African markets with the various uh, nuances associated with those different cultures. They've never really received any formal training around how to network and how to connect how to pitch themselves to brands. And I think that as a, as a platform, Webfluential has always been there to represent both parties, both the marketers to, to protect them against getting ripped off from fees and also reach resonance and relevance that, that is accurate based on those audience figures of those creators, but also on the flip side of the creator to make sure that they have the ability to be put in front of brands because that's the way that they're going to be able to create jobs for themselves. And in a world where unemployment rates are on the rise globally and the challenge of the evolution of the workforce and where people are going and how we make money and how we barter and create value exchanges. I think the one thing that, that creativity gives us is the ability to make, but it doesn't necessarily give us the ability to be entrepreneurs or be business people. And with this kind of deal, now you have the ability to be scouted by brands off the back of you creating remarkable content. And I think we've seen some amazing opportunities and we've seen amazing execution and play already. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of a campaign we worked on in, in November, December, uh, when we get the gap just now. But I just think it's an important thing is that so many creatives are producing beautiful, remarkable pieces of entertainment, but they don't necessarily know where to go with that. And this kind of deal facilitates them to almost rise to a space where they're getting commercially remunerated for their outputs. They're not being told, oh, we're going to reward you in exposure because we know that that's the biggest gripe for creators. Exposure isn't going to pay the rent, isn't going to pay my bills, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. And I think that's a very, very important point you've raised is that creators don't always have the business savvy. They are in it, they're creating amazing things and all of a sudden they're thrown to the space where brands want to send them stuff or use them for something 
at the end of the day, they're like, I don't know what to charge. I don't know how this works, what's the process. And often they do get taken for a ride. So it's really good to know that there are platforms like Webferential that's kind of looking out for their best interests as well. So brands have obviously started using TikTok creators and influencers to reach their target audiences. But as with every platform, we know that they kind of gear towards different reaching different objectives really optimally. So what is TikTok's strength in this arena? So I think definitely without say TikTok is about creating brand awareness, driving it out at absolute scale um, and driving out audience engagement. I think you've, you've got the ability to seed content and see this content potentially trend with inside the platform. Um, and, it, and it's something that's really, really unique about it. And we'll touch on it in, in, definitely in some of the case studies. But the amount of user-generated content that actually gets created off the back of a successful campaign. In some cases, what we've seen is kind of 10 to 15 pieces of content being created. And, and we're seeing thousands of user-generated content pieces being kind of created off the back of that. Uh, really, it, it comes down to the virality and the ability to trend ultimately. John, I think, um, you know, what's interesting is that you have all these different platforms um, and especially the, the Facebook-owned ones if there's this real like throttling on reach of content. So, you know, there's obviously a drive to have brands invest in spread and paid media so that their content can be seen. When it comes to networks like LinkedIn and now TikTok, you know, they, they're the ones that you actually have the ability to have maybe a small number of followers or people engaging with you, but still the ability to reach tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people. And, and that's something that I think from a brand perspective with a brand hat on, uh, it makes TikTok so appealing is that you have the ability to reach millions of people, have millions of eyeballs, engagement thereof. And because, you know, partnerships like this are still so new in, in Africa and South Africa, um, you get a lot more bang for your buck. You get a lot more return on investment for your spend. Completely. So speaking of the algorithm, Mike, what makes it different? Like, how does it work? So, so and it, what, what makes it different is that, you know, each platform is owned by different people. Each platform has their own process in terms of how content is spread. And it's all based on, on very smart numbers of, of reach resonance and relevance, really. But um, effectively, you know, these platforms will see what is catching on and what is getting a lot of engagements, likes, shares, comments. And then the more something is engaged with as a piece of content, the more people the, the platform then shares it with. It almost like opens it up to a greater net. It, it almost becomes like this network effect. So the more something is in get, getting engaged with over a shorter period of time, the greater the chance of it is, is um, exploding to a larger audience. And then obviously having that, that viral impact. And um, yeah, I think that that's ultimately a decision that's just taken from owners of those various platforms they actually talk about the for you page and the, the kind of the amount of time spent with inside the for you page which is essentially your news feed but really each each and every kind of for you page is bespokely kind of created for you based on your interest types or the kind of content that you consume what's different between facebook instagram and then potentially tiktok is in order for you to be served a piece of content, you don't necessarily have to be following that creator or that brand. They're obviously just going to serve our content that they find is or that they feel is, is, is obviously of interest to you. Um, and I think that's really the difference that comes into play, without a doubt. That makes it actually so much better because you're not seeing random things, but they actually know kind of things you're following, the kind of things you're liking, and just 
bespoke curating it to you, which yep. is great. 100%. So would you guys think or recommend every single industry under the sun to consider TikTok influencer campaigns? Or are there just some industries that is better suited to these kind of campaigns? Well, you know, that's that, that age old question of like yeah. people and brands just wanting to be on platforms just because it's cool or they heard someone speak about it. It's always about the strategy yeah. around like what is relevant for you and your brand. And like, I honestly believe that you can make any platform work for you if it's strategically aligned to what your objectives are. And if your target market is on that platform, like if your target market is not there, why are you investing the cash, the spend, the time, the energy, the resources? You know, that's why for some brands, they can just afford to stick in their lane and play purely as a, a Facebook play. Some brands, you know, AdWords is the, the trick for their conversion. So it really is. It's, it's strategically led and based. And if you've got those aspects in mind, then you, you can win on any platform, but it, it has to come back to the, to the strategic insights first. So guys, thank you for that information. I think we all understand TikTok a little bit better and how brands and creators can work on the platform. Can you maybe please give us an example of a brand campaign that you've recently run um, on TikTok? Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Yeah, thanks. And we had, we had quite an interesting one recently. Um, we were briefed by First for Women um, to make an impact around 16 days of activism and uh, first woman had run a really successful campaign a year prior where there was a whole element of outdoor activations and executions and using uh, various lighting methods to tell a story within areas where there were a prevalent um, aspects of abuse and um what we did was we, we really went and once again, we delved into like the strategic background and, you know, said, look at ways in which we can engage with our audience and really cut through the clutter. And the one thing that um, that moves all of us is, is music. And generally, like PSAs, public service announcements or any kind of brand messages around a cause, they have the ability to come across as preachy and, and fall on deaf ears. So what we really wanted to do is we, we wanted to use music as our medium of choice. And there was a song that um, for those of us who went to school in the 90s, primary school in particular, there was a song called My Body. And my body was all around the importance of the importance of your body and how you shouldn't let other people touch you. And if you were in a position of danger, you should let somebody know. So it was used almost as a vehicle to educate children about abuse. And we did a lot of research around that track and found that you know, there was a whole uh, dearth of educational material from various psychologists around the world that showed how important that song was to actually encourage young children to step up and, and talk to someone um, about the abuse that they were experiencing. So what we did was we actually got in touch with the original creator of that song and exactly how hip hop takes a, a song that might be a little bit older, exactly like how Jay-Z did with Hard Knock Life and used those kids singing from Annie. We took the kids singing from that My Body song and we basically revamped it into almost like a hip hop track featuring some of South Africa's strongest women performers. So we had uh, Jules Harding from Good Luck. We had Lyra. We had Gigi Lemayne, who's obviously on a constant trajectory of growth, and Marishan. Um, and by putting them all together, plus the sample, we created this three-minute, three 20-track three track 
and uh, through both a mixture of like traditional radio plugging and traditional radio tactics we were able to appear on about 27 radio stations around the country but i wanted to take that um that execution to another layer and that's where greg and i started talking about uh, leveraging the possibilities of TikTok. and what we did was we actually worked with some key creators to use that snippet of this of the track those 15 seconds and get people to participate in the my body stand up challenge which which obviously linked back to the name of the song so everything through all the various channels whether it was traditional digital or TikTok and creator led it was all around using this my body stand up as a as a message and as a vehicle and um incredibly with um with under a month of execution, I think we were about two and a half, three weeks actually, we reached 2.3 million views on those content creator video creations. And off the back of using creators as a seeding mechanism, we actually ended up encouraging regular people, regular members of the public to create their own My Body Stand Up Challenge. And I think we had close to 800 user-generated content videos. So by sparking it off using creators, we were able to amplify and then also grow that out there. And, you know, some of the most heartbreaking stories came within the text that was shared on some of those videos, people talking about their own abuse, sharing their own stories. So, you know, we really were successful in creating that conversation and almost destigmatizing abuse during the most important time of the year when the spotlight is on 16 days of, of activism. And, you know, there were, there were great numbers in terms of reach across TikTok, across other platforms, um, visits to First for Women's site, so it, it really did have a have a direct impact, and uh, it was a great test case to show brands the success of what you can do. And I think it also ties the loop or closes the loop in your earlier question. You know, off the back of it, at you you wouldn't assume that that insurance brands would naturally be a good fit for TikTok, but because of the idea, because of the execution, because of the target market, and back to the strategic insights, it worked out perfectly for what we were trying to achieve without fe feeling inauthentic for the platform. No, absolutely, and I think the key word is there. Um, doing your research, getting those insights, and then also working what works on that platform and not trying to kind of fit a square peg into a round hole there. You worked with a platform, you came up with an amazing concept, and you got amazing results. Completely. Leading to that of your target market sitting on that platform on TikTok, everywhere I go and everything I read, people say TikTok is for the youth. It's for people up to 24, 25 years old. And personally, over the last year that I've been on TikTok, I've been seeing people my age, people a bit older, really finding their niches and really kind of getting some traction on there. Is it really true that it's only for youth or can we maybe discuss those percentages of different age groups that's maybe on that platform? Sure, definitely. And yeah, I, th I think initially it definitely it did attract your Gen Z. So, so kind of anyone from your 16 to 24 year olds and maybe even younger in that case. But I think... Through lockdown, through 2020, we definitely saw an exceptional growth rate within inside the millennial audience. So, so Kantar and, and kind of Kantar research suggests that almost 32% of TikTok users globally sit within the age group of 25 to 34. So, and, and I kind of assume this will continue to grow throughout 2021. So, I definitely think it's a, it's a platform for younger audiences, sure, but there is definitely your millennials jumping on. Um, and and I, like I said, I expect this to grow quite significantly through through 2021. Maybe we should say it's for the young at heart instead of just the youth by age. Yeah, agreed. I mean, if you look at the example of fashion grannies on TikTok, they've got over 600 
k followers and they are literally grandmothers so is this kind of an exception or do you think like even past your millennial kind of your older people will start jumping onto this as well i think that um certain platforms will plateau and not get that broad base like you know facebook once again is quite an anomaly because it attracted everything from mm. college students and then eventually to your silver surfers um whereas yeah platforms like snapchat never really caught on and i think it is because you know snapchat was geared for real digital native considerations the disappearance mm -hmm. of content the like cube interface like it wasn't a simple news feed structure because of facebook's drive on instagram growth instagram has to appeal to older people so that's why facebook is almost like following trend to get an older audience there and um, when you think about tiktok like once again it had a core audience it had a core like youthful, like timeless millennial kind of thinking and into the G Gen Z space. So I don't think you're ever going to get like your tipping point with an older generation on TikTok. You'll have the occasional outlier that that then, you know, hits a, a larger number. But I, I just think that yeah. so many of these platforms are geared for core audiences. And, you know, there will be a time when then Facebook stops growing and starts regressing. And then what's the next thing? We've also seen now with like with WhatsApp and dark social, like so many people are much yeah. more comfortable building groups where their content is, you know, deemed to be private till one of your friends leaks your your content online. But I mean, I think that that's the thing is like, you've got these, these very different and interesting trends and the move from public to dark is, um, is definitely on the rise. And then even now with you know, WhatsApp's change of policies, the growth in signal in Telegram was insane. So I think that you'll, you'll, see, that, you'll see there's going to be a huge mix of movements. It's, you know, it's a typical universe kind of analogy of the big bang of like expansion and contraction. You're going to have continuous movements and flows between public going dark, then your next generation will like almost change that up again. So you're always going to see generational shifts. Greg, do you want to add in anything to that? Yes, so I think that's, I, I think it's exactly there. There will be growth and I think more so in the millennials. I think the content within fashion grannies, and we use that as an example, clearly it's yeah. just really cool content and probably resonates with anyone from Gen Z's all the way through to millennials and maybe older if they're on the platform. Absolutely. So let's speak a bit about key metrics when it comes to TikTok. So what metrics can Webfluential measure and also what what should brands be measuring for success on the platform? Yeah, so I, I think they have a kind of the standard digital metrics that, that anyone would look at in, a, in any type influencer campaign per se. I think video views is obviously critical because we want eyeballs. So it's all about mass reach. Engagement rate's critical. We want to see how relevant that content is and if there's an uplift in terms of engagement and some sort of brand lift ultimately. Um, we, we touched on like the amount of user-generated pieces of content being created. That really is a success in my mind. Um, over and above the fact then, and Mike touched on it earlier and we look at it, but uh, the, the share rate. Uh, which is critical because you consider, and again, like we said, a lot of this content leaves the platform and probably gets shared amongst uh, in-app messaging platforms, be it WhatsApp and the likes. Um, and, and your earned media factor there is, is massive. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? So guys, if we look at TikTok as a whole, is there a recipe for a successful influencer campaign on the platform? And Greg, let's start with you. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think there is. Again, it comes down to, and again, we spoke about it, but authenticity is key. 
I think, like we said, creators are the foundation of this platform. You almost need to give them creative freedom to create content that's obviously relevant to this platform um, and resonates with its users. I think one of the, the key key aspects that we've definitely seen from a success point of view is, is, is simpler is better. You, you don't want like an entry to barrier, especially when you're looking at hashtag challenges and the likes. You want everyone to get involved ultimately and partake in the challenge. And then last but not least is, and we kind of touched on it, but like music really is critical to the success. And obviously music hits the right key. And and they talk about the powerful effect and and how it kind of sparks like emotional response or memory from, from music essentially. So those are the three things I would kind of suggest. Amazing. And Mike? You know, from my perspective, I think that it's working closely with the creators I think it's important to work with people who are an extension of what your brand is trying to achieve and providing that flexibility to allow them to play within the parameters of a certain brief. Like you have to have some form of brief, but it has to be uh, flexible enough to to let them play. Like the, the, the play within TikTok is, is very important. And that's something that, that we've seen success with. I think that is a very good point as well. You have to give them creative freedom. They know their audiences. They know what they're doing. Just give them some freedom. Guys, for our last question for this chat today, can you each maybe give us just three top influencer marketing trends of, for 2021 that you are super, super excited for? Mike? Trends for influencer marketing that I'm looking forward to. For me, I'm a huge fan of the influencer. Like that's my trend that I continue to push from the work that we're involved in. And for me, the influencer is that authentic real person. It's someone that hasn't really done work with other brands. It might be their first or second. It's the ability to uncover talent when they're on the rise before other brands have jumped in. And an influencer for me is the most impactful because they give the credibility to the initial seeding phase of your campaign. So for me, I like to follow the the zigs whilst others zag. Agree on that. I, th- I think we'll see the trends and definitely continue. We saw it in 2020 and we'll see it continue to 2021 where brands shift away from kind of macro celebrity type influencers it definitely shift their focus more towards micro and kind of nano influences purely because they're far more authentic and far more relatable to your audiences. So definitely we'll continue to see that. I think over and above that, I think we've touched on TikTok. I think TikTok will definitely form or cement itself to form part of, of all kind of media strategies going forward. Um, and then the rise of kind of social commerce um, and, and in, in, on TikTok in particular, they're obviously testing there's talk around the rumors coming of, of like a product early kind of uh, or this half or second half of the year. Um, and I definitely think creators will be critical in the, in the success and the kind of rollout of that. So those are my trends, probably. I also wanted to add one more in there while I'm thinking about it. It's just like the, the quality of devices is getting a lot better. So, I mean, if you look at the, obviously, I'm an iPhone user, so with like the 12, if you look at the camera qualities and the abilities to create m- remarkable content, it's wild. Similarly to what's coming out from a Samsung perspective, I think we're running out of space on the back of our phones with how many lenses are being added to them. But I just think that you know the level of user-generated content, the ability to create these beautiful productions on lower scale budgets, it's prime for influencer creation. It's prime for content creation. And I think that for me is it's just like the sky's the limit in terms of the type of content we can create as our individual creators. No, absolutely. And I also love that. It just means that we're going to see 
bigger and better content from normal people, like say even the influencers. They don't need a whole setup and a, a DSLR. They can literally just use your phone, which is fantastic. Where can listeners connect with you guys online if they want to find out more about you, get to know you a bit better and the things that you do? Greg? Cool. And so, so obviously, my like I said, my digital presence is, is somewhat limited. I'm, I'm on the traditional channel. So LinkedIn, obviously, present there. So, so follow Greg Bailey, send a, send a request over. Obviously, active on TikTok and Instagram. I'll have to connect with you on TikTok. I'm not there with you yet. Don't expect any content, but I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Mike? I'm Mike Sharman yeah. on most platforms. That's uh, Sharman, S-H-A-R-M-A-N. And yeah, I mean, I like to dabble in pretty much everything. I've got a TikTok account as well, um, where I just mess around with my kids and we do some sweet moves and add some videos. But um, generally, my place of play is uh, Twitter. Twitter and LinkedIn are the two most used platforms. But yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, guys. Really, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your insights. And I hope that our listeners take some value from this and also um, go and explore TikTok and all these campaigns that it can do for them. Amazing. Thanks, Anne.